I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ang episode na ito ay mula sa Bago Ang Lahat podcast. Kung nagustuhan nyo ito, hanapin lang ang Bago Ang Lahat sa inyong podcast app at kilalanin ang ilang mauhusay na Pilipino bago sila sumikat. Picture the place you grew up in. Your house, neighbors' houses, yung sari-sari store sa kanto, yung sakaya ng jeep o trike, yung tambayan nyo ng mga barkada mo, o yung paborito nyong kainan. Now, imagine... Pagbalik mo sa lugar na iyon, lahat, wala na. Ito ang sumalubong kay Washington Sisip noong 1945. After grad school in the States, umuwi siya at dinatnan niya ang Maynila, the nation's capital in ruins. Captured by the Japanese, freed by American forces. But in the process of its liberation, it had been bombed to hell. It probably reeked of gunpowder and death. You, the Balikbayan, are a stranger in the land you call home. And you're back to figure out how you can help rebuild it. Pero ang una mong kailangan malaman? Anong nangyari sa pamilya mong iniwan? Totoo ba ang balita? Has your father really been captured and killed by the Japanese? Kilala natin ang ating mga leader, reformer at innovator para sa mga nagawa nila. Pero bago ang lahat, sino nga ba sila? Sa episode nito, kilalanin natin si Washington Sisip, the founder of the Philippines' most prestigious accounting and now professional services firm, SGV. He was also a philanthropist and a patriot. Bago ang lahat, isang podcast ng Youth Leadership for Democracy, or Youth-Led, a program implemented by the United States Agency for International Development and the Asia Foundation. Powered by Puma Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Ventura, and today I'm joined by my co-host... I'm Marcos Ramon San Gabriel. I'm one of the program officers of Youth-Led. Karamihan sa atin kilala si Washington Sisip, o WASH, as the founder of SGV, or Sisip Gores Velayo and Company, isang professional services firm na particularly renowned para sa accounting. Sinimulan ni WASH ang kumpanyang ito noong 1946 sa Binondo. He just had a desk in his brother's law firm. At ngayon, 75 years later, meron ng over 6,000 employees ang SGV 
na nagbibigay ng professional services to the biggest businesses in the Philippines and the world. Pero bago ang lahat, kilalanin natin si Wash as a child, a student, and a young professional. And of course, hindi natin kalilimutan ang experience niya noong World War II. To help us with this, kinausap natin ang biographer ni Mr. Sisip. Hi, this is Jose Delisay Jr., also known as Butch. I'm a writer and I was privileged to write the biography of Mr. Washington Sisip titled Wash Only a Bookkeeper. Welcome to the show, Sir Butch! Now, could you take us back to Washington Sisip's childhood? We know that he came from a prominent Filipino-Chinese family, pero paano siya pinalaki? Yes, uh, well, Wash was the third of five children, and his father was Albino Sisip, who was one of the co-founders of China Bank, and also a prominent lawyer at that time. And of course, the story goes that Wash got his name because his dad, Albino, was arguing a case before the U.S. Supreme Court at that time on behalf of Chinese bankers in the Philippines, and he won the case. And at that same time, he got a telegram or a cablegram that he had new son back in Manila. And because he was so happy that he won the case in Washington, D.C., he named his son Washington. And this later became a joke in the family. His, his brother, uh, Alex, I think, you know, would often say that, well, you know, Wash, it's a good thing a dad wasn't in Vladivostok at that time. Grabe, I can't imagine spelling that <laughs> as a kid, no? <laughs> you know what? I have two names and I agree. It's so hard no, to be a child with that kind of name. But back to Wash's parents. So Albino was a pillar of Philippine banking. And his mother, Helen Bao, came from a well-off Chinese family. So it really was a union of not just fairly well-to-do, but also very intelligent people. So this was a new generation of young overseas Chinese who were doing their best to succeed in their new country. Unfortunately, Helen didn't live very long. I think she died when Wash was 14, but she was also part of what shaped his character. Nag-aral si Helen ng music sa States, pero hindi niya ito naging career. She did teach her kids to play piano though, and she was also a leader among women and the ethnic Chinese community in Manila. Dinadala niya yung mga bata sa simbahan, pero ang turo ng asawa niya sa kanila... On Sundays, it's better to be at the golf course thinking of God than to be at church and thinking about golf. Pagkatapos ni Helen mamatay ng dahil sa asthma, nag-remarry si Albino. His new wife was Anastasia Uy, the children's Chinese language tutor. Isa rin siyang pianist tulad ni Helen. It was a very sensible household, you might put it that way, in terms of the fact that their dad, Albino, didn't want his children to grow up feeling privileged. For example, he sent Wash and his brothers to public school. He had them walk to school, despite the fact, of course, that they had a car and driver. He wanted his kids to grow up feeling independent, at least independent of him. And he laid down a rule that would become a rule for the whole family. 
For example, because he was in banking in China Bank, he said, none of you are going to follow me into China Bank because if you fail, and that would be a, a huge embarrassment, and if you succeed, they'll just say, oh, that's because you're the son of the boss. This was a close family. Wash had two elder brothers and two younger sisters. Nakatira sila sa isang compound sa Santa Mesa kasama ng mga kamag-anak nila. Pero si Wash mismo, his early childhood was spent in Shanghai kasama ng lolo at lola niya on his mother's side. The Baos were a well-to-do family. Ang lolo ni Wash, founder lang naman ng pinakamalaking publishing company sa Asia at that time. Ang Chinese Commercial Press. Isang beses nga, nakidnap daw si Grandfather Bao. He was driving when the car was hijacked by criminals. And when they were passing by a bridge, he jumped out of the vehicle and into the water. He was saved by a boatman. Wash was five years old when he returned to the Philippines. Sa public schools siya nag-aral. To be precise, sa Padre Burgos Elementary School sa Santa Mesa at sa Victorino Mapa High School sa Mendiola. At tulad nga ng sabi ni Sir Butch, Naglalakad lang silang magkakapatid papunta sa eskwelahan o kaya naman nagko-commute. Affectionate sa kanilang tatay nila. Pero hindi ito madalas magbigay ng regalo kahit may kaya sila. Tuwing birthday nila, nagde-deposit si Albino sa individual savings accounts nila sa banko. And every now and then, nagpupunta sila sa China para magbakasyon. Pero si Wash mismo, sir, what was he like as a child and as a student? He was incredibly diligent. His brother... Alex would look at his report cards in envy because, you know, of course, Wash just basically aced everything. He was accelerated three times in grade school. Nagraduate siya ng high school, valedictorian. Magaling siya sa numbers. Pero tulad nga ng sinabi kanina ni Sir Butch, ayaw ni Albino na magtrabaho ang mga anak niya sa banking. Kaya ang pinili ni Wash na course, accounting. Bilang valedictorian, Pasok agad siya sa University of the Philippines. But he was dissatisfied with what the school was able to offer. After one sem, lumipat siya ng University of Santo Tomas. Doon may isang American dean na nanggaling sa isang malaking American accounting firm. At kahit Presbyterian si Wash, hindi siya kinabahan sa pagpasok ng Catholic school. Tulad nga ng sinabi niya, Catholics don't read the Bible. So I knew more about the Bible than my Catholic classmates, and I still got the gold prize in religion. Sir Butch? He finished college in two and a half years. And this was why Wash found himself graduating from college too young to even take the CPA exams. He had to wait a bit for that. In the meanwhile, he took his MA and started teaching. You know, this guy was teaching at USD at the age of 17, which is the age of most young people today when they become college freshmen. Imagine, not only did he graduate summa cum laude, he even ended up teaching his former classmates. At the same time, tinapos niyang master's degree niya sa USTE. At napasa niya ang board exams para sa certified public accountants. And guess what? At the age of 19, he was too young to be allowed to practice his profession. Tinanong niya yung tatay niya, pwede ba siyang mag-US para naman mag-PhD in accountancy sa Columbia University? Ang tuition, $400 per sem. Albino put $5,000 in the bank for him. Pero matipid si Wash, and naturally, 
He kept a detailed account of his expenses. Tumira siya sa New York kasama ang kanyang kapatid na si David na nagtatrabaho sa isang mining company doon. Si Wash ang bahala sa groceries. Si David sa pagluluto. Siyempre, nag-canvas si Wash ng mga bilihin. Kahit mas malayo ang store, yun ang pupuntahan niya dahil mas nakakatipid siya. That first semester at Columbia in 1940 was no fun for Wash. Dahil hindi alam ng school ang standards ng uste, ni-require si Wash na magkabi para makredit ang units niya from college. Of course, he got an A on all subjects except one where he got an A-. Nag-aral si Wash sa ilalim ni Roy Bernard Kester, isang major figure sa American accounting. Si Kester ang nag-pioneer ng five-year program sa Colombia. This was at a time when some American states didn't even require CPAs to have a college degree. Ang turo niya kay Wash, If schooling is the key to being a professional, then being more professional means being more schooled. At dinala ito ni Wash hanggang sa SGV. During those years in Colombia, there were no trips home. Wash didn't call his family long distance either. Both travel and phone calls were too expensive for him, so he wrote his loved ones letters instead. He made new friends in the U.S. His classmates described him as lively, cheerful, thoughtful, helpful, and intelligent. And while studying, he found a job as a junior auditor at his professor's accounting firm. At that time, Asians were unheard of in the industry in the U.S. Sir Butch? But because he was very talented, people, even in the U.S., respected him. His bosses told him that they needed to ask their clients if they would accept this Asian to be their auditor. And they said yes naman. And Wash performed very well and did not get any complaints from the firm's client. So I think his brains did the talking for him and spared him from the kind of discrimination that many other Asians and, of course, other American minorities went through. But his work and studies would be interrupted a year after he entered Colombia. On December 7, 1941, Wash was in the school library writing his dissertation when a friend rushed him saying, Wash, your home is being bombed. Inatake ng mga hapon ang U.S. Naval Base sa Pearl Harbor. At pagkatapos ng ilang oras, sinakop nilang Pilipinas at binomba ang U.S. military bases doon. I felt so completely lost. Ang sinabi ni Wash kay Sir Butch. I was in a foreign country and there was a war and my family was over there. Tinuloy ni Wash ang pagtatrabaho niya sa accounting firm ng professor niya. Makalipas ang isang taon, nakatanggap siya ng sulat mula sa isang kaibigan. Nakabasa raw ng article ang kaibigan niyang ito sa Reader's Digest na pinatay si Albino Sisip ng mga Hapon, kasama ng ilan pang prominent Chinese sa Manila. It was then that Wash decided to be involved in the war effort. There were two Filipino infantry regiments that would retake the Philippine Islands from the Japanese. Wash was part of the 2nd Regiment and he went to boot camp in California. Dito, nalaman nila na siya ang may pinakamataas na IQ, so inutusan siyang mag-intelligence work instead. He learned Japanese in Colorado, then cryptography in Virginia. 
Here, the army was monitoring and decoding enemy communications and providing intelligence. Ang problema, nagkaroon ng bagong requirement of its personnel. Kailangan Amerikano ang mga magulang nila. So, automatically disqualified si Wash. Pinadala siya sa isa pang military installation sa California, kung saan bumubuo sila ng Air Force Squadron para i-deploy overseas. At pinadala siya sa India, near Calcutta where he was a cryptographer. Sir Butch? They were breaking codes. They were working in what is called the China-Burma-India theater. And this, by the way, was one reason why Wash became an American citizen, because if you were dealing with something as sensitive as this, the U.S. Army insisted that Wash assume American citizenship. And so for most of his life, he was an American citizen. Sir, ano pong kwento ni Wash sa inyo tungkol sa cryptography center sa India? He actually, you know, drank beer and was pretty much a regular guy. They broke the Japanese codes and the Japanese didn't know that. So they would supply the American Air Force planes or interceptors with the coordinates of where the Japanese were. And so the interceptors would fly out and shoot them down. This was real, uh, you know, James Bond stuff. Their camp was on the banks of the Hooghly River, which flows into the Ganges. Sa mga tents sila natutulog. Every now and then, mabubulabog na lang sila kasi may mga bangkay sa ilog. Meanwhile, Washington Spears were working on transcripts of intercepted Japanese communications. To quote from the biography, They began with a code chart with thousand blanks then work their way to coherence. Beginning with the knowledge, for example, that yesterday, five bombers had been sent to bomb a certain place. This was the specific information one looked for, the pattern by which other messages could be discerned. Sabi pa ni Wash, once you decipher the message, the following ones were easier. And then one day, the codes changed so you had to start all over again. It was like auditing in many ways. You looked for clues. Seriously, ang ganda ng biography ni Wash. Again, the title is Wash, Only a Bookkeeper. Highly recommend. 10 out of 10. Then, in August 1945, the Japanese surrendered to the Allies. World War II was finally over. Wash boarded a ship from India to New York. Here, the U.S. military asked him to stay because they were impressed by his work. But Wash was eager to go home to his family. So... Bearing his luggage in Pasalubong, he boarded a ship that would take him back to Manila. Wash was finally back home after six years away. The liberation of Manila had turned its magnificent buildings to rubble. Tens of thousands of Filipinos had been killed. Sir Butch? He wanted to come home, first of all, to see if It was true that his father had died. That turned out to be false. Nagkasama-samang muli ang pamilyang sisip sa kanilang tahanan sa Santa Mesa. Walang-wala sila. Tulad ng ibang mga Pilipino noon, ang makakain lang nila, canned goods mula sa militar. Buhay man si Albino, ang laking pinayat nito. Noong 1942, pinikap siya ng mga Hapon, kasama ng iba pang mga Chinese-Filipino leaders noon. Hinikayat ng mga Hapon si Albino, Natumulong sa kanila sa pag-establish ng Greater East Asia Co-Prosperity Spear. Pero tumanggi ito. Kinulong siya sa Muntinlupa, 
Mabuti na lang, nakalaya rin siya. But the Japanese had kicked the Sisips out of their home. Nakitira muna sila sa mga kapitbahay nila. Buti na lang, they hid the silver in the ceiling of the house before leaving. At nung natalo na ang mga hapon, yun na lang ang mga ari-arian nila. Sir, ano kaya yung feeling ni Wash nito? He was just 24 years old. What he immediately thought of was reconstruction and the needs that would arise because of that. He really saw an opportunity for someone like him in the accounting profession to assist Philippine businesses uh, recover. Because he knew that all of these businesses, of course, would require accountants. All the big accounting firms were run by the British and the Americans. And he could see that Filipinos were discriminated against in these companies. And so he told himself, I'm not going to join a big established accounting firm, which is run by Caucasians. I'm going to set up my own. So it was partly a sense of patriotism, but also really a belief that the Filipino mind was equal to that of foreigners. Like we said at the beginning of the pod, Wash began with a single desk in his brother's office. He had a secretary, and that was it. You can imagine the volume of work that came to Wash's desk to do. And then he wrote his old friend, Fred Villayo, to come home and help him with his firm. And then they looked for another partner, and this was uh, Goris. And so SGV was established. Now, we talked to another person who not only knew Washington CSIP very well, but he also worked at SGV straight out of college and stayed with the firm for 45 years. I am Carlos Olindada. I was a former managing partner of SGV and Company. I've been retired for the last 20 years, and now I'm 84 years old. When I entered SGV, it was 1954, okay? And, uh, you know, SGV at that time was not well known. 1954, the firm was only eight years old. Sir Carlos, what did you know of Washington CSIP then? Did you get to meet him early on? We were so small at that time that he actually was interviewing people. He just came into his room. We talked 10 minutes. He looked at my uh, transcript of records and he said, report to work on Monday. That's it. (laughs) In the firm, there was a culture of meritocracy. There was no friendship. There was no relationship. You progressed in the firm based on your abilities. And uh, you see that in your, at first you had semi-annual increases. And every six months, you know whether you did well by the amount of increase you get. If you did well, you get a nice increase. If you didn't do well, maybe you didn't get such a nice increase. Sana all. Yeah, you know what? I'm all for a performance-oriented company. It gets results and it gets things done. But it must have also been a stressful work environment to constantly have to prove your worth. I remember very clearly when my father died, okay? But there was a job that had to be done and I was called to go to see him. And of course, I had to leave, you know, this my father's death, but job comes first. So I leave the wake and I go to see him and we discuss the thing. And so that tells you, okay, 
job comes first. What was it like in those early days nung hindi pa po kayo malaking kumpanya? When I was a junior, junior means, you know, the newcomer. And I remember very clearly the office that the firm occupied was a fifth floor trade and commerce building. That's in Juan Luna, in the old near Chinatown. It's a small office. We were about 200 people. I think there were about four or five partners at that time. And there was a library. There was one staff room with eight desks. There was a typing pool and then the office reception. Although we were 200 people, there were only eight desks. We had eight seniors at that time. The rest were, you know, like me, juniors. We didn't have desks, but because our work was not in the office, our work was in the client's office because we were auditing their books. Okay? So our rule was, you don't come to the office. We go to the client's office. The first thing we do when we get to the client's office is call our operator in the office and tell him, I'm in so-and-so client. The only time we go to the office, well, at that time we were paid twice a month. So we would go 15 and end of the month. That's the time we go to the office. And all of us have what you call a pigeonhole. So when you go there for your pay, you also go there and see what is your mail, whatever notices have been sent to you. That was our contact in the firm. Imagine from being practically a one-man office in 1946, which was up against all these huge foreign firms. May 200 employees na ang SGV eight years later nung pumasok si Sir Carlos. CSIP's goal was to transfer the accounting profession to Filipino CPAs, and he was definitely on track. There were three large foreign firms. If I recall, the names was Henry Hunter Bain, Fleming & Williamson, and Whitepage, all British firms. And they controlled the accounting profession. When I joined the firm, that's already eight years old, he had already acquired Henry Hunter Bain. So there were, when I joined, one uh, British firm already toppled, okay? In 1968, the larger firm, Fleming Williamson, also fell and became part of SGB. So in case your mind isn't blown enough yet, no, we asked Sir Carlos about whether there was discrimination against Filipinos in the accounting profession back then. Ito yung sabi niya. Well, you have to understand the accounting profession is this. Many of the big clients, worldwide clients, their head offices were using these large international firms. Their names were well known throughout the world. Okay? In the Philippines, we were the only country where because CCP was able to acquire their local affiliates, we became the only country in the world where the signature on audit reports was internationally recognized. Ang bongga lang. I love how it's a sort of David and Goliath story. The Filipino firm going up against these international firms. SGV was so prominent that in the 60s, a Taiwanese official invited WASH to set up an international firm there. It was a time when a lot of foreign investors were entering Taiwan. Inutusan ni Wash si Carlos na iset up ang SGV office doon. Sir Carlos stayed for three years. He was just 27 when he arrived in Taiwan. What are we doing with our lives? <laughs> a decade later, Wash set his sights on ASEAN. And so it came to CSIP's mind. He says, well, you know, if ASEAN is developing, 
then they should have an ASEAN firm. Let us help one national firm to achieve the stature of being internationally recognized. So we formed alliances with national firms in Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand, Indonesia, and Korea. So our concept was help developing countries because we ourselves, <laughs> Philippines is a developing country. So not only did Wash believe in the talent of the Filipino, but he also wanted to help our neighboring countries excel in the profession. May kwento po kayo tungkol dyan, Sir Butch, about his nationalism? Many of us don't know that toward the last years of his life, Wash reacquired his Philippine citizenship. He was helped here by a former DFA secretary and ambassador, Delia Albert, who assisted him in the process of reacquiring the citizenship that he lost when he joined the U.S. Armed Forces. And Wash was very happy about that, to be able to have a Philippine passport again. So it was the case of a long-time global traveler who finally came home. Pero mabalik tayo sa SGV and the culture there that Wash had created. All work and no play, Buster Carlos? Yes. During the busy period of October to April, all people would work past midnight. It's a big sin to miss a deadline, okay? <laughs> I myself had one assignment. I can't forget it because I think it maybe made the difference in my career. I was called by CSIP and said, you have to finish this work in two weeks. Many of us slept in the office. I only went home to take a bath. For two weeks, we didn't do anything but work, but we finally met the deadline. You know, money was still strong there. I was making about 600 pesos okay, a month. <laughs> After that work, I got 900. <laughs> I got an increase of 50%. <laughs> All of us have own experiences of hard work, but surely everyone who becomes a partner really had to work hard to get there. <laughs> and what was it about Mr. Sisip's leadership that kept you and your colleagues motivated through all these all-nighters? We knew he was fair, he was impartial, and the growth of the firm was our own growth. You know, sir, it sounds like he was a bit intimidating to his employees, no? What was a person's first impression of him usually? He had a microphone in his own office and he summoned people directly through the speaker. Okay, so he wanted to call Charlie. He called him, Charlie, please see him. Anyone who hears Charlie, please see him, is shivering in his pants. He doesn't know what's going to happen when he sees him. Yeah, he's the boss. <laughs> there are partners, okay? Long-time partners. When they hear the name, they start, wow, what did I do wrong? <laughs> you see, he was a boss, okay? Because when you're in the office, you're not there socially. You're there as a working, okay? So he maintained that. Uh, but uh, outside of that, he's friendly, but, you know, work is work. But did you become friends through the years? Or 
Was he always the boss to you? Well, that's a very nice question because I remember when I was in Singapore, you know, we all call him Mr. Sisip. Out of respect. And this was, uh, I forget what year, but I was in Singapore helping him out. So we were driving to see certain clients or whatever. And I, I call him Mr. Sisip. And he comes to me and says, Charlie, call me Wash. And I said, wow, Wash, shall I tell the other partners in Singapore to call you Wash? He says, no, not yet. <laughs> the feel po namin yung kilig niyo, sir. Ang cute. Decades later, natatandaan pa rin po talaga ninyo yung interaction na yun. And we can really hear your admiration of Mr. Sisip. Pero tanungin din natin si Sir Butch tungkol dyan. What was it about Wash that made people follow him? Well, Wash was a leader by example. One of the things that he kept emphasizing at SGB was the importance of stewardship, of the idea that you're only here for a short while, so make the best of it, and make sure to train other people to take over your position when you're gone so that the good work goes on. And this was also why he helped set up the Asian Institute of Management, or AIM, which aside from SGV is one of his most important legacies. It was important for him to develop leaders who were not only technically capable, but were also people of integrity, and especially in the accounting business, where a lot of hanky-panky goes on. It was important for Wash to be a model of integrity himself. Also, he was a firm believer in the Filipino talent. He wanted SGV to be the most successful Filipino accounting firm, not just in the Philippines, but in the region. Wash was a flag waver. And that flag, despite his American citizenship, was the Filipino flag. And of course, towards the end of his life, I should say, by the way, that I just finished a 10,000-word additional chapter to the book to cover his last uh, 10 years or so. And there are many scenes there of Wash, even in his advanced age, carrying his own briefcase and reporting for work, even if technically there wasn't work anymore because he had retired. Uh, and reporting to his office at 7 o'clock every morning. Wow! Leadership by example po talaga. I can only imagine how the junior staff felt when seeing the founder of the company they work for still showing up and so early in that day pa. So these images of a very dedicated, hardworking man And I think it's a great example of how our leaders should think of their responsibilities as leaders, whether they're in the corporate world or in government. This kind of work ethic that you put in an honest day's work starting at 7 a.m., no matter how old you may think you are. For all that he had achieved, for the respect and awe that he garnered, for the legacy that he built, Wash nevertheless used to refer to himself as only a bookkeeper. Why was this? And what does this say about him, Sir Carlos? Humility. You know, bookkeeper, if you would compare this to the construction industry, 
the engineer is on top and the carpenter is the low. In our profession, the bookkeeper is the carpenter, okay? The lowest. So when he says he's just a bookkeeper, he considers himself a humble man. And just like a carpenter, Washington Sisip helped rebuild. He believed in the brilliance of the Filipino, and after a devastating war, he helped propel the accounting profession in the Philippines to international recognition. Sa panahon ngayon, we're living through a similar crisis. Everything feels dead and destroyed. Ika nga ng New York Times, we're languishing in quarantine. Pero si Wash, despite being surrounded by rubble and ruin in 1945, he was able to bring a certain energy to him. He said, I will rebuild. I will do something for my country. At naipakita niya ang angkinggaling ng Pilipino. 75 years later, SGV is still going strong. Sana tayo rin habang nakikinig sa kwento niya ay nakakuha ng inspirasyon. Babangon din tayo. Kayang-kaya natin to. You've been listening to Bago Ang Lahat, isang podcast ng Youth Leadership for Democracy, or Youth-led, implemented by the United States Agency for International Development and the Asia Foundation. Powered by Puma Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Ventura. And I'm Marcus Angabrel of Youth-led. This episode was produced by Trisha Aquino with research from Macy Hoven. It was edited by Mark Casillian. Subscribe to Bago Ang Lahat on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. We leave you with the words of the man himself, Washington Sisip. He said this in an interview with Kintin Pastrana on Thought Leaders back in 2015. Watch the full interview of Bloomberg TV Philippines on YouTube. But when you see the destruction here, Or my father told me was this, son, you decide what you want to do. But there's a lot of work to do in the Philippines to rebuild this country. So I decided to stay. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.